Hey everyone, welcome to Snarf Talk with Chris and Jerry. And this is our podcast where we give you a behind the scenes look as we create a comic book. We're going to talk about TV, movies, comic books, and hopefully have a lot of guests, other writers, creators, and friends. Um, check us out at snarfcomics.com. You can check out our blog and follow along with everything we got going on. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Snarf Comics. And please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. Enjoy the episode. All right, all right, all right. Christopher. We're back. My man. We are here. I'm so excited. I really am, too. I just this stepped off of a combine into did. this recording studio. Right into the room. It's pretty exciting. You were bean mining, yeah. as they say. Bean mining. Which, uh, you're one of the few. Yeah. Not very many people running. Well, that's probably not a good thing, because they're <laughs> not very good. No? <laughs> the ones I'm doing must have died early, because... It is no bueno out there. Uh, that sucks. Yeah. Is the moisture terrible? Uh, no, moisture's perfect. I'm just oh. watching dollar bills evaporate just before my very eyes. Not come into the combine? Yeah. But I got a lot of later beans. I think okay. they're going to be a lot better. Right. I think the later the bean, the so, better. So did you plant these like normal time frame? Um, a little May? later than normal. A little later than normal. But what happened is that dry spell over the summer... Yeah, they didn't make it past that to when it started raining in mid-August. So that's not good. Meh, it is what it is. They're not like it's not like uh, emergency crop insurance failure. It's just oh. not great. Not not good. Not what you expected, right? Did you think they were going to do better? They've looked so good all year long. The beans, really? Yeah, they really have. But no, I wasn't expecting. I mean, they were planted two, three weeks later than normal. And if you look at the chart, it says two weeks later than this date, it goes down by X amount of bushels every day. It's right on for that. Oh, really? Yeah, pretty much. Huh. They have charts for that. Huh? Uh, well, I mean, it's guidelines. Like every day past <laughs> May 15th, you lose like, you know, one bushel a day. No kidding. On your, off your yield. It, on an average year, you know, obviously. For that, like, for maturity of they have, like They follow a yield curve. The later in the season, the lower the yield. Even if you change average. maturities? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Because, you know, they mature by day length. Right. So they only have so much time to set pods. The okay. issue with the beans out there that I'm commenting right now, like I said, they died early. They're very small. Oh, and so you're not so getting any weight. Yeah, I'm not getting substance. Right. Nothing there. Nothing there. That's but a, that's been enough bean that's talk. Been, that's been my problem my whole life, too. Just... <laughs> How much here? <laughs> not you know, a lot of substance. Not a whole lot of substance here. No and yet, depth. here you are, a celebrated <laughs> podcast host. <laughs> right. Celebrated. Spouting, spouting substance. Worldwide. It's like the only thing that you ever had of substance <laughs> yeah. is what we're doing in this podcast. Right. I've had nothing. But we've had it. no outlet for that substance previous. None. Because nobody Zero. cared. I've kept it inside my entire life <laughs> until I met you. Oh. What a nice story. You're, you're welcome. Next time you can bring me as flowers. You, as you tear me down and rip me <laughs> apart, I give you compliments because I'm the bigger man. Well, I don't know if you know this or not, but we got a big show this week. We do. and it, It's one all, we couldn't wait to record. We couldn't. I couldn't anyways. Like I needed to talk to somebody about it. Yeah. The problem was is that uh, uh, my wife wasn't a huge fan, 
So I couldn't really talk to her about it. Yeah. And what do we? What am I talking about? Oh, the big topic this week is the Joker. The Joker. The Joker movie. We're going to do a review of our take on the Joker movie. And if we have time after that, we're going to go in-depth onto some of our favorite portrayals of the Joker in all of media. Yes. And maybe also we'll give a not official ranking of some of yeah. our favorite Jokers. I wasn't really thinking of it. It's not a top as a 10. ranking or because right. I just I don't want to do that. Yeah, well, we will do that someday gosh, when we have a little I'm, more time to like really delve deep. I if just, I'm going to do that, I want to like re read and rewatch. Yeah, everything. I just don't feel comfortable ranking them because it's they're so different. Yeah, and but it's all the same person. And that's the thing about the Joker, and that's what's made this movie possible is that there's been a million different iterations. Every author, every artist, every screenwriter, every director has put their own little spin on this character that's been around for 60 years. Well, no, since 1941, Batman number one. 70, 80 years? It actually came out April 25th, 1941, Hmm. the first Batman, which is on my birthday. Wow. April 25th. And uh, yeah, so I mean, this character has never been consistently done one way. So I just heard about two things. So um, I think it was Je- I think it's Jeff Johns, maybe Jeff Johns or S- or Mark Millar. What those one of those two people is has been writing a book called The Three Jokers. Okay, for quite a few years now. Mm-hmm. It was it's been like every single year it's been said that this book is going to be released. It's never been released. Okay, supposedly he wrote it. I don't know what the problem is on releasing it, but it hasn't been released yet. His his theory is that there's three different jokers. And like one of them is, you know, like the jester type joker who's goofy and like the playing cards and whatnot. And then there's like the mob boss joker um that is just he's not necessarily insane, but he's like the criminal mastermind right. that knows everything. And then there is the absolutely insane Chaos. chaotic joker. Those are the three that he discusses in it's the book. about right on. Yeah, it, is, it seems very... And every portrayal kind of follows one of those paths. Right. Except for maybe one that we can discuss later that yeah. might bridge some of the different worlds. Then um, Grant Morrison said that the way he looks at Joker is that it's always the same person, but he's he's insane, obviously, but he can change his brain basically he's like changing his brain on how he acts and reacts in the middle of stories so when uh grant morrison did batman and he did his iteration of joker like throughout the the series joker literally changed in the middle of it he was like one way i I think he was like the jokey type jester guy and then in the middle of it he completely switched personas and was the insane chaotic Hmm. like unbelievable joker that does like really heinous crimes yeah. and murders people and it switched because he he just literally switches it in his brain right. to do those things so it's the same exact person it's just his brain doing tricks on him so that was one uh before we did this i wanted to go back and reread a bunch of the old stuff um i was interested to find there i, I thought everything was on that dc Un- unlimited app it's not not everything. everything's on there no it's not everything um because I really wanted to reread um, The Killing Joke, and it wasn't on there. Of course, I have the book. I just didn't want to dig it up. Um, yeah. 
But I did reread a bunch. One that I have, I have, and I've read several times, but not for years, is Grant Morrison's uh, Arkham Asylum. Um, yes. Book. And I remember liking it, but I don't remember his take on the Joker all that much about it. I remember the tone and the feel of the book. I love that book. But I don't really remember the Joker in it, so I wanted to reread it because I know that's one that a lot of people point to as one of their favorite iterations. So, Yes. We're going to go into that more later, <laughs> but I think we're going to start off right now by talking about the movie a that movie just came review. out. Um, right off the bat, this is going to be spoiler-ridden. Yeah, this will be full of spoilers. This is going to be full of shocks Yes, that I don't think that uh, Jerry's going to see coming. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. All right. excited about it. Yeah, I'm really excited about it now, too. But yeah, it's going to be full of spoilers, so if you don't want to know about it, um, just wait uh, until you see the movie and come back and listen to this part of it. Maybe later on in the podcast, you can listen to whatever we talk about, but first half, at least, most likely, is going to be about this movie. So before we dive into our opinions, let's address the elephant in the room. What's a Joker-related reference I can make instead of elephant? Um, the, the giant clock? Was that the Joker? No. That was... N- no. Let's, <laughs> let's address the jester in the room. <laughs> sure. Um, the controversy. It's all so, over the place. Everybody's heard about this it. This controversy is huge, um, and I think, it honestly, is what made the movie blow up as big as it did. I think right now, and I'm not going to look up Probably. the exact numbers because I don't have my computer in front of me, but I think it's... On track to be the highest rated, highest grossing R rated movie of all time. It already is. It already is. Yeah, massive box office. I know it made like over two hundred million worldwide. So it's ninety ninety four million domestic and two hundred and forty million worldwide. worldwide. That's insane. For <laughs> it's unbelievable. A, mo- a Joker movie. So yeah, and uh, I think Deadpool was uh, the last movie. Deadpool two was it? Deadpool. Was, which one was PG thirteen? Well, neither one of them. That was once a pine. Once a pine. Okay, there was a movie. A movie that came out. I can't remember what it was. Then the in the article I read, there was a movie that came out that was the top box office uh, movie for October. That came out that was PG thirteen, and it blew that out of the water and was rated R. Okay. So they're saying like this is like double the milestone because rated R movies just don't make that much money. Right. So it's made all the money, and I think it's made that money on the back of. The controversy. So the controversy is that this is a um, deep dive into psychological um, mental illness and yeah. the, how that people were concerned about how that relates to the situation going on in the world now with all these mass shooters. And will this inspire people or bring people to some kind of a rallying cry to go out and commit violence? Um after watching the movie, and and I thought that was ridiculous to begin with. I, I just don't think that movies have that kind of effect right. on people, and the people that are going to do that are and already clearly mentally insane. Same to with, with video games, like yeah. across the board. I don't. And you, you feel can't like say that. across the board that there's nobody that's affected by it that way. But I, you know, there. I don't think there probably is, and if there is, it's not worth censoring art. Right. I don't think so either. That. Like. Wh- the world we live in, but not necessarily the world, the country we live in, if you start censoring what comes out, I don't, why do we even have like freedom of speech then? Right. Or like a, a media, a, a medium of art and entertainment at all if it's completely censored to what we see. 
Right. It's a, I feel like it's a fear driven yeah. argument that it, in my opinion, is solely media based. So today I listened to the fat man beyond when they were talking about this issue. Um, and Kevin Smith was basically saying like, I think that it's just completely like overblown. Like yes. Basically. And I agree with him on that. And after, so after watching the movie, I probably would reinforce even more my idea that I don't think that that is really something that this movie is going to do. Right. I just don't think it's going to be that kind of an inspiring rally cry for mentally ill people to go commit violence. It just, I didn't get that from the movie. It just doesn't come off like that to me. No, no, it doesn't come off to me either like that way. I, I don't, I just don't see it. It didn't make me want to shoot anybody, but then again, I don't think I'm mentally ill. (laughs) (laughs) But there's, you know, room for argument there. (laughs) Yeah. So without further ado, I mean, uh, let's start with you. What did you think about the the movie? So overall, like overall opinion? Overall opinion. All right. Oh, excited about this. Because again, Amy did not like it. And we're not going to do a play-by-play of what happens through the movie. If you're listening to this, you've seen it. Right. So. Uh, yeah, we're not going to break it down that deep. But uh, oh, Amy did not enjoy it. Yeah. She didn't like it at all because it was super depressing. And she was looking, she had the mindset of a more um, like superhero-ish type movie. Okay. It was, obviously, it's not that. It is not a superhero movie. So I had the opposite. Marley really, really enjoyed it. Um, she liked it a lot. She thought, I think that she wasn't expecting it to be that first off. Yeah. She, I feel like she, her expectations of what it was matched up with what it was for her going okay. into it. Yeah. Um, I did think it was interesting that um, she really wanted to see this movie. Like, yeah. Her big thing was like, surprised me you a lot cannot too. go see this movie without me. And she wanted to see it right away. So I think she totally th- knew what it was going to be. It, it, it um, satisfies that. And if you've seen the previews or even heard anything about it, at least on my perspective, it is what I thought it was. I didn't think it was going to be something else. Than yeah. what it ended up being. How about what did you No, say? I no, that's exactly I mean, from the trailers you see, it basically depicts what the movie's going to be, really. Right. I mean And um, and then everybody talking, they're like, Oh, it's like taxi driver. So I kinda had a good idea of to, going yeah, into it. And and it is. It's definitely um not like taxi driver. There's a, there's like a concerted attempt to try and be or like to that. Not necessarily overtake it or not necessarily copy it, but the, the same the tone, people like, who wrote this and Todd Phillips, I think, directed it. I don't know if he wrote it too. Yeah. Um, obviously, he had that in mind. Right. You know, for the style of movie he wanted to make. Yeah. Like a, a deep, in depth look into somebody breaking down into psychosis, basically. So I have a different take than okay, that. Okay. Well, that isn't okay. my take either. I'm just saying. So. Um, my my overall opinion is that I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. It's a slow burn. It is a slow burn. So it is the first, um, I would say, act and a half. So like you're you're getting through at least almost to three quarters of the movie before things start happening. I mean, at, at the halfway point, he does, uh, you know, murder some people, and then it starts changing from there. Uh, but it is a slow burn. You have to understand that he you're just going to follow this man around yeah. in his life. And I think the reason they do that is so that you fully understand like what he's going through and what he's doing 
in and his boy, life. Do you follow this guy around? I don't think there's a scene in this movie he's without in, Joaquin Phoenix. He's in, in every single scene. I think I'll, I'll go on record right now. I think that he will. He'll definitely be nominated. He probably will win. He should the Academy Award. Yeah, and not because of the movie. And no, not because because of his acting. His acting is because of w- what he transformed himself into, and then also just the amount of acting. Yeah, yeah. He's like in every scene and not like there's no fluff scenes in this movie it's just like it beats you down no yeah there really is no fluff scenes and it it's not happy no. you know there's no happy part of it and even at the end i guess you do have this like release of okay finally he's starting to like get out of himself right. and do something um but I I did very much enjoy it because the first half was work. It's kind of work yeah. to get through that. It's but afterwards, very slow, very slow. Afterwards, I thought it was phenomenal. But in the beginning, I was still intrigued because they're setting up, like, they're giving you information on how he is. Right. So I love the take of the laughing part of it. Just, really, I do because I don't know how you put. How do you? If you're going to take the Joker and try to put him as an actual human being, right, and not a cartoon character and not a comic book character, and you're going to try to get him to be a human being, how do you play off that he's just going to laugh all the time? Yeah. And it, and it not be just complete psychotic to where he can function every day. Like a complete psychotic that you would see the Joker as in a comic book cannot function in day-to-day life. It's just yeah. not going to happen. So if you're going to have a person function in day-to-day life, you can't just have them being this goofy laughing guy. Right. I think it's pretty interesting that they have it as what they call a condition, but really he was just had the shit beat out of him as a kid. And yeah. Um, just doesn't act right because of that. And it's well, like a I mean, painful. It's like a, laugh. it's like a derivative of Tourette's yeah. basically. Yes. So I didn't like this aspect of it. Um, why I didn't care that much is because I completely understand that there's a million different takes on the Joker. And right. and by them doing that, it doesn't ruin the character for me. It doesn't make me sit there and go like, no. that's not the Joker. No, well, it's fine. No. They can do this. This is in its own universe. And it doesn't bother me to do a different take on the Joker. You know, it makes sense. I get why they did it. I think so. I just wasn't the biggest fan of it, of that idea of it being like some kind of Tourette's. Like he has a compulsion. He's got to do it from past trauma. Which I guess I didn't really put two and two together on that until you just mentioned that. But yeah, you're right. Like he was told by his mother that he had a condition from the doctor. Like that he was seen by a doctor and they said, You have this condition and he believed his whole life that he had a condition when in reality, once he goes to that mental hospital and finds the documents about his mother, he found out he was just abused terribly as a child and that's what's given him. See, I had a condition. different thought on that. Um and This is one interesting aspect of the movie that we can probably discuss a little more later, but you don't know at all what's right and what's not right, or if any of it's even real. Right. And they establish that later on. This is not something that Marley caught until we were talking about it afterwards. It's very subtle. And she she mentioned um, the love interest with uh, the girl. You don't know who's telling the truth. Yeah. Like between... Well, she, she said, Marley said, I didn't really understand or like the... Love interest he had with that girl, and I go, he didn't have it. He did. She. How did she, she not catch really, that? I don't know. She didn't really catch it. But I could see why you could miss oh. things like that. See, on the laughing thing, I kind of thought that it was a condition that he had since he was a child, and when he was chained to the radiator, yeah, they said 
his mom said, oh, well, he always seemed so happy. He was always laughing. And instead of him being crying, being chained to the radiator, he was laughing because of his condition. Okay, I didn't catch That's that. That's how I thought of it. But, but then there's the, uh, another part where he sits down when he, he ends up, again, spoilers, he ends up killing his mom in the hospital when yeah, he sits down. a crazy scene. Yeah, he, he sits down there, and he's staring at her, and he said, you always told me I had a condition. He's like, that the doctors looked at me, and I had a problem. I guess I didn't catch that. I, thought he, I so, thought he was referring to the fact that it wasn't a problem. Right, like, it was She wasn't. called it a problem, but he's realizing now that it was because of the abuse as to why well, he I, has I, it. I thought of it in, in the aspect of he did have the condition. She's just the one that was always telling him that it was an issue, and now he's realized he's freed himself, and now he realizes it's not an issue. It's not a problem. It's just who he is. And see, and I agree with you. That could absolutely <laughs> be the take you get out of it. Yeah. That's, this whole movie is like that because, again, the girlfriend part is not real. So... Maybe um, none of it's real. But Spoiler, I, again, but towards the end, when he's in that mental institution, and it's the lady looks very similar. Yeah. If it's not the same person, I don't think it is, but the lady that's his psychiatrist is a, is a similar looking it's, it's not the same to the person, girl earlier. And I'm wondering, was he in the min- mental institution the, the whole entire time? time? Right. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, man, that'd be cool. I, I think that's... I think, honestly, there's no answer, right? They're not going to give you an answer... They right. don't even try. But I, to me, that's what I like to believe, is that none of it happened, and he was in the mental institution the entire time. And that, to me, is more interesting, because that's more Joker. More Joker-ish than it is the other way. Than the and rest I agree of with the you. movie. Because, um, well, continue on with the rest of your take on it, because um, I'll get into mine, too. So, yeah, uh, I, liked, I liked the laughing part, me personally. But, um, yeah, getting into him as a person. So I don't take it as watching a man like break down into insanity. Okay. You see him in the beginning, like in the beginning of the film at his absolute lowest point. Right. Like he's already like basically as low as he can get. He's been beaten up constantly on the street, like literally beaten up by kids, by adults. Nobody likes him. Everybody thinks he's weird. The people he works yeah, with clearly set him up ang- for social anxiety. And yeah, he's all just kinds of issues. He's not happy at all. The only, but he's not violent. He's it, not it violent. Really, have violent impulses. It doesn't seem so. Right. When he becomes violent and kills those the men on the subway, uh, is when which you isn't start, necessarily a violent impulse. No, it's because it's, they were literally beating the shit out of him. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of self-defense. And they weren't stopping. So he, he did that. He killed them. And then after that point, from that point on in the movie, he laughs less and he starts to get more confident. He's talking to people more. He starts walking out into society and being himself. I feel like he starts getting out of the depression. Now, he's still, I'm not taking this as he's all of a sudden become this normal man. No, he has not. He's getting much more violent because he's got the confidence to say, like, I'm now going to be my own person. I don't have to listen to mom. I don't have to listen to these guys. Well, he says, I'm going to take back, like, what I want. He says in that movie, he says, I killed those people, and I thought I, I would... F-. He's like, I, I didn't feel anything, basically, right. is what he says. I didn't feel anything. So I didn't really necessarily get the take that he's gaining confidence more, the, more so that he's 
Yeah, I guess in a way, but I, I just kind of got it as more he realized that he has no remorse. Yeah, he doesn't have any remorse, he do but he also he wants. that's what he realized. He doesn't have to be scared of being outside or of his laughing. Like he doesn't have to do any of that anymore. I feel like he was stuck in this routine. Mm. And then as soon as he did that, he was like it it wasn't just the killing part. It was the part of seeing himself even though nobody knew it was him, seeing himself as like the hero almost. Yeah. Because the rich people got killed and other people started clinging on to that and saying like, yeah, screw the rich people around here. Like I'm sick of taking all their crap and us being poor. And he saw them being happy about it and, and like throwing it up and celebrating the fact that those guys died. And then he's like, yeah, it's like, that was me. I can do more of that. Yeah. See, that was one point in the movie that I kind of thought they, weren't really sure where they were going because he, he even says it several times. He goes, I have no agenda. I don't, I'm not leading a movement. I don't care about any of that stuff that's going on. But then like later in the movie, he like stands up and makes a speech like to those people, like he is leading a movement. So I'm he, like, pick a lane here. I didn't really understand that. When did he give a speech? Um, I think it was at the end when he was in the television studio, he addresses the camera and he says, he does like a monologue. Oh yeah, right at the, I mean at the very end. Yeah. That's after all of it's but happened. Be, right though. before that he said says to that same to Robert De Niro, he's like, I don't have well, anything he did to do that. with that. Well he did that because they weren't gonna let him on the show if he was a part of the Oh maybe of that crowd. I, I never got the feeling that he had any connection to that movement he, that was going on. It just he didn't, was happening. He didn't up until that point. Okay. Like leading up until that point, he had no connection to it whatsoever. And then Mark Marin walks in. He's like, we're not letting him in. If he's got face paint like this, like, you know, you can't let him on the show. And he's like, no, I have no affiliation with those people. Yeah. And then he realized I don't want to kill myself. And that's one of the most shocking. I mean, you know, it's coming. Yeah. But it's it's once he sits down on the show, very uh, disturbing. Yeah. Just watch. And then a lot of this movie, like honestly, it is, um, profoundly disturbing. It is. And, and that's what Amy did not like. And you do not yeah. feel, and this is what the argument was beforehand, the political stuff was that, like, oh, they're trying to make him out like he's a good guy, like you can empathize with him. At almost no point in this movie can you empathize with him once he starts being violent. Before that, you can. You do empathize with if him. You, if you cut it down to him just being poor and being you know, having a, a social anxiety yeah, and being whatnot. abused and like, picked on. You, if, you can empathize with that. If you only boil it down to that one point, then yeah, okay, you can empathize with that. Right. But the rest of but his being and... Once he starts getting violent, you do not empathize with that character. He does not come across as, as anything that you're rooting for in any way. No. Uh, it, for me, anyway. No, I agree. I was not necessarily rooting for him. I was just, and that's the thing. Like, I'm not necessarily like a fan of what he's doing. I just wanted to see what comes next. Yeah, you know. I mean, and I wasn't expecting. I was expecting that they were going to make him a sympathetic villain to to a point. point. Yeah, and they didn't, and I'm glad they didn't. Yeah, personally, and you know, that's fine. What else? Oh, so I also love that. So 
Amy had brought it up about Thomas Wayne being this big jerk. Yeah. Thomas Wayne being Bruce Wayne's father. Um, he, he was somewhat of a jerk. I think you're seeing him, though, through the eyes exactly. of that person. Exactly. You're seeing him person. colored through a specific lens that yes. you're supposed to be in. So you're supposed to be sitting there on his side. Yes. You are, in a way, supposed probably to empathize with him and his cause. And so everything that you see on the outside is being filtered through that lens on purpose. On purpose, because it's his take of what's happening. And uh, I mean, what they don't tell you, like, it's canon that Thomas Wayne and has started the Wayne Foundation. Bruce Wayne takes it over. Like the whole Wayne Foundation is set around helping Gotham, bring it back up, feed the, you know, feeding the poor, giving people jobs. Like it's this big, huge operation that's going on in Gotham to help those underprivileged people uh, throughout the town. Like it's widely known. That's the basis of the Waynes. Um, So, and that's, some people argue that's the basis of Batman is that there's like a residual guilt for like being hoarding wealth going back to like the 1700s. Right. And, and like so, objectifying people. And there to was get an that argument wealth. that I saw on Facebook with a, a lady that works for the Corps of Engineers that I know. And she had told her boyfriend that, you know, Batman's a shitty superhero because he doesn't help all of these people. Like they're, they're a terrible family because they don't help all these people. It's like, well, just because he's a billionaire. And they, they do. Th- that's not really established in canon. What? That they're not helping people. No, I know. Yeah. She's just taking it as like she doesn't see Batman going around and giving money out. Oh, it's right. basically the point she was making. That's, I mean, nobody really does that. There's billionaires you know, that are out right now that don't walk around the streets just handing money out to people. It's interesting. There's different takes on Batman. Now, they're, they're, the, the, the idea behind all these different kinds of jokers. It is really the same for Batman. There's a couple different Batman kind of iterations. And in some, he his persona is just kind of reckless playboy. Yeah. Not yes. helping anybody. But in other ones, he's very philanthropic. So it's hard to... And, and beyond that, though, just because the person is that way, the Wayne Foundation still exists and does that thing. Right. It's separate to Bruce Wayne. Right. Like, Bruce Wayne isn't the foundation. Right. It's just like... Bill and Martha Gates aren't Melinda or Melinda. You got Martha Did I say brain. Martha? I got Martha brain. Um, Who makes an appearance? Yes. So this is my next point. Um, Very shocking. I liked. Was not expecting this. I at was all. not either. And Kevin Smith called it. He's like, he said in that podcast that you're listening to, he's like, uh, in the trailer, he's like, you see Thomas and Martha walk out of the theater. I wonder if that's when they get killed. And I, I, Literally said, no, no way. They're not doing that. I Never in a million years would I think they do a Batman origin in this Joker movie. And it feel like it's setting it up for a sequel, but I don't know. I know, it does. So that's why I was so glad that they tied in Bruce Wayne and the Waynes at all. And then you see Bruce Wayne as a kid and he talks to him. I loved that scene. Thought it was incredible. I love the fact that they show his parents get killed in the alleyway. They do the whole pearl necklace thing falling on the ground. Yeah. Bruce sees it all. What I also love is that there's always been a bunch of arguments on who killed uh, Bruce Wayne's parents, right? Some people have always said, like, well, the Joker obviously killed them. It's actually Joe Chill. He kills him in Maybe the alley. Maybe there's different origins So of there's that. different origins of that. I believe it was Joe Chill, which was the guy in that movie, but it's all incited because of the Joker, Right. So in reality, I guess the Joker is the main cause of it, 
but the actual person who did it was a different man that just saw Thomas and Martha Wayne right. at that point in time and thought he would take care of things yeah. and kill them in the alleyway. And I loved that. It ties it into the Batman world. It ties Batman directly to the movie. We're going to get another one. I think not, but maybe. I, I feel like so. they... So there's this think, Batman movie, The Batman, yes. that I don't think can fit in with this. No, um, I don't think so either. But I think they totally could have two separate Batman franchises going. It do, I, they could have the six, and I'm going to watch all well, of them. I, I'm not even saying for me. I think it would work to do like a Dark Knight franchise. Yeah. And then it's literally three movies of Batman fighting the Joker. The next one, they just do the killing joke. Yeah. You know, or they do one in the middle to set up uh, the Gordons. Yep. And that then they really do the good. killing joke in the end, and that's in its own universe. And then they have the Batman movie out there doing its own thing. I think those can exist simultaneously, no problem. Right. Um, I don't, Please do I don't that. think they'll do that, but... They did set this up for a future. I don't understand why you would do what you did at the end of this movie if you didn't have a plan for doing more. Right. Because you don't need to do that, any of it. They don't need to. It doesn't add to the movie necessarily in what they're trying to do. I do think it's a little bit of fan service. It is. I'm not saying it's not, but you don't need it in this movie. This movie is very much... Its own thing. You don't even really need it to be the Joker. It It could have been anybody, anything else. Right. I mean, the Joker name is what makes it a billion dollars. Right. <laughs> so at the end of the day, once uh, you know, once it all ends and he does his thing, um, it's not this huge production, really. Um, uh, like the ending, it isn't like some big chaotic thing. Even though there is a big uh, crowd of people outside doing crazy things, um, the the like final part of him on the TV show with Robert De Niro um, and him like murdering him on set and giving the whole monologue and talking to the camera. I personally loved that part because that is a classic Joker thing. I like that. And I, I did think Robert De Niro was fantastic. Yes. I thought he was really good. He was awesome. All the supporting characters I thought were outstanding. The, All of you're them. Like girl, I can't remember her name. Is it Zoe or Zoe? Zoe Betts Beats. Yeah, I thought she Beats. was Beat, Zazzy Beats. Zazzy, something Beats. like that. Yeah. The girl, uh, lady who played the mom was really good. I thought all all of them were really serviceable and everything. But I mean, yes. it's they're side, very far side notes to Joaquin Phoenix. Right. It, they're they're, I guess they are supporting characters in the story, but it's it's all Joaquin Phoenix, like. Right. It is literally, you could take those people out of the scene and you wouldn't take away from it a lot of the time. Right. Uh, but again, at the end, everything he did, I like it. Yeah. I don't really have much negative to say about it. Besides, the beginning is slow. I thought it was slow. In the beginning, I felt like it was slow. Um, but it all built up to a point that I enjoyed. Yeah. All right. So my take. Um like I said earlier, it's a profoundly disturbing movie. Yes. Unsettling, probably over the line of what I am even really want to watch. Really? Yeah, it's, it's, it's disturbing at parts. But not all of it. Just there's parts. But they've set the character up so much in a way that when those things happen, it's disturbing. 
<laughs> you know, right? Um, the violence, and then the violence isn't really over the top, honestly, in this movie. That's not super violent movie, but the parts that are violent are horrifically violent. Are very violent. Um, you know, so I obviously thought Joaquin Phoenix was outstanding. Just to see what he did here was incredible. I've talked about, you know, obviously I like the Wayne stuff, and I like what they did with the movie, but overall, I I didn't like the movie that much i didn't hate it i didn't love it right i was pretty blah about it to be honest i think that maybe i it is what i expected it to be okay um i don't think i was super like amped for it ahead of time i was um but there were some things you know like i was very very slow very slow to get into um I, i never really felt like that moment of like you know, I always felt like I was conscious that the movie was going on and waiting for what was going to happen next, but like in an impatient way because nothing was happening through right. a lot of it. Um, I said I didn't, you know, I didn't like, I felt like it was trying really hard to really? be profound. I think it was and just like you an- could tell, you know what I mean? Like it felt like a little. Derivative and a little over dramatic, and like really trying in the way that sometimes you see an art movie, an art house. That's what I was gonna say. It's like, like, man, they're trying really hard to. It is trying to be artsy. Yeah, it is trying to be artsy. That's what I was. I do agree with you with that. And I feel like it's trying, um, but it missteps a lot of that. Um, It's just because it's like trying too hard in a lot, a lot of ways. You think so? Yeah. In like what way? What way is trying too hard to be artsy? Well, when you spend an hour and a half on one person, like just like watching them devolve, it's just, you know, for the sake of seeing it, it's just trying too hard. You know what I mean? Like to get a point across, like we get it, like we get it. Let's get some more story here. So I thought, you know, story-wise, it could be a little... um, like it, it was trying really hard to be like this is the next taxi driver. You yeah, know what I mean, <laughs> yeah. And I, I feel like so. you can tell, and it's a little over the top. Um, it's not enough to ruin the movie. Like I said, it was fine. I would never say like this is something that's amazing. I probably would never really watch it again, to be honest, because really? I've kind of seen it. Gosh, um, I, I didn't that. really like the take on the Joker in general as a character. Like I didn't care for i said i didn't really care for the laughing part but i also didn't really care for the you know he doesn't seem very competent you know what i mean he seems like not very smart he's a loser um he's insane he goes insane that doesn't really feel like the joker to me that i like or that i know like yeah um could you imagine this joker pulling off a gigantic scheme you know what i mean you can't because right. he just is like a. He's just kind of like a insane school shooter type person. I guess, but you could say that. I mean, if you watched anybody on their day to day life, you could say that they don't look very smart, right? When they don't apply themselves in any but way. There's shape lots or form. of takes on the Joker. Most of the takes that I like, where he does come across smart, clever. You know, um, yeah. And I don't get how they're going to go from here to there. Now, that being said, this is not the Joker. He's not the Joker yet in this movie. This isn't before the Joker. 
he's maybe not the Joker until the final part where he stands up on top of the car. Right. I mean, really. So No, absolutely. There's a long way to go here. Yeah. I just don't know how you get from there to there. But as I said earlier, you don't really need to because we're all familiar with the fact that there's a hundred different ideas on the Joker. Yep. And that doesn't really bug me too much. Um, I can't really see this Joker ever being mounting up to being any kind of a photo Batman. Um, not, not at this point. No, no not, not at this, at point. this point. And I don't know how they're going to get to a point where that's believable with this character. I mean, this movie seemed like it was a vehicle to try and watch somebody devolve from a horrific past through horrible trauma, through mental illness, to psychotic break. That's what it was to me. Yes. And I think that's at, fine. At some point, I mean, anybody can make a story to where he does become that Joker, whether yeah. it's necessarily believable or not. Doesn't really matter when you're talking about comics. I mean, you believe you read a comic book just like yeah, it's, and I, it's real. When it's, I mean, most of the stories are completely unbelievable. So trying to the hard part about this is trying to transfer that type of story right into a real life human being. Yeah, it just is super hard to do. That's the only reason why I enjoyed the laughing part of it because at times, like I told Amy in the car, is like. At times, it was annoying oh, yeah. when he was laughing, but I enjoyed it just because of the fact that we knew it was something he couldn't control. Yeah. So it's an, for the audience to think it was like somewhat annoying, you can understand why people around him are like, what in the hell is your problem, dude? Yeah. Like, why is this? Why are you laughing at this right now? Like, that's the way I took it. Like, yeah. now I understand how people are around him. And I think that's the only way you can do that type of craziness in a story is to make it somewhat believable that he can't control it. Everything else, like building up, like the the Joker's technically like a really good chemist. Yeah. Um, in the comic books, how you would make this guy a really good chemist, <laughs> right. just not gonna happen. Right. You know. Now, um, could you see him getting a hold of some poison and poisoning a reservoir? Yeah, absolutely, yes, absolutely. Because he's crazy, but. You know, um, some of the best takes on the Joker, which hopefully we get time to go into, for me, aren't necessarily like the super crazy. It's more like he's crazy in what his motivation is, but not necessarily in his execution. Where I feel like this Joker is both crazy in his yeah. motivation and yeah. execution. Um, but overall, you know, at the end of the day, I didn't really need it it so, was fine i mean honestly I you could make this movie 20 minutes long and achieve the same thing you could maybe less you don't really need you could do this as a 15 minute pre prelogue to a larger movie like you don't need two hours of this i don't i, I don't feel like you do so like you get it we get it you're on the same boat that i was in the beginning when i heard this movie was coming out or so we had talked about like the Joker coming out and then there was another Joker origin story that they had talked about coming out as well with like Jared Leto being involved with it again. That one obviously got scrapped and they kept this one. This was like a year ago, like exactly a year ago, right in the beginning of the podcast really. Right. And we had talked about it and I had originally said right off the bat, I had said, I don't need this. 
Right. I don't need an origin story for the Joker. I don't. It's nothing that I've ever asked for. Like, I don't feel like this character needs that. Um, that's how I was the whole time. And I, I once I found out Joaquin Phoenix was in it, um, I got a little more excited, but still I was like, eh, I don't know how I feel about it. Saw pictures, then everything starts coming out. Like, I saw pictures of him. I saw the new design of how he did his makeup and whatnot. Which I, I like, liked a lot. Yeah, I was like, this seems intriguing now. Yeah. Like, I'm kind of on board. Still don't feel like I needed an origin story. But now that I've watched it, I'm completely fine with it. I enjoyed it. Um, I liked the movie. I personally would tell people to go see it because I think it's good. Um, I don't necessarily think you'd have to go to the theater to see it. It's no, something you could so. wait and watch it at home. But uh, as long as no children or old people are around, because I feel like it will kill them. Yeah. Um, uh, my, my thought on it, like I said, is if you could distill, in my mind, you could have distilled this movie down to 15 or 20 minutes. If you can distill this movie down to 15 or 20 minutes and still achieve the same thing, then why is it two hours, right? That's the question. And the answer to that is because the people that made it were trying to achieve something. And they were trying to achieve a certain art, artistic vision I mean, that I, is, you know... I, I shouldn't say... I think they did, though. I think they did achieve something. They did. They did. I'm just saying, like, I don't know that I need to sit around for an hour and watch somebody be crazy in the beginning of this movie. You know what I mean? Like, But how many movies of that have you seen? You did see Taxi Driver, and that's what happens there. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not a huge fan of Taxi Driver, to be honest. But, um, yeah, I, it's fine. There's all different kinds of movies that can exist. I'm not saying yeah. that. Um, it was it was fine. I was entertained watching it. Um, I just wasn't blown away. I think you just like to shit on everything I love. <laughs> I think when <laughs> this movie was getting closer to coming, because I felt the exact same way as you at yeah. first. Then stuff started coming out about it, and I was starting to get really excited. And I kind of I knew what they were going to go with it, but you know you don't really know. You don't know, especially yeah. with this movie, you just don't really know. And. I feel like they probably could have done something a little less artsy and it would have been more entertaining. Yeah. And I feel like if they would have put him as a little bit more scheming, yeah, like at home, like that's what I thought there was a, there's a scene where you see him from behind and yeah. it's basically just to show off how skinny and weird Joaquin Phoenix looks right. without a shirt on, which he did lose a ton of weight about for this movie. Yeah. He's super skinny and weird. Um, I thought that he was like making things, like yeah. making something to go but do. But then, when you watch it, you realize there's really no purpose other in, other other in, than to show him stretching right. a shoe, <laughs> stretching a clown shoe. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's weird. And actually, uh, Joaquin Phoenix was on um, uh, ID Ten T podcast with uh, Chris Hardwick. Yeah. He interviews him. It's like a, it's just over an hour long, or right at an hour long really quick interview and he it was really fun actually to listen to him because he's not very serious it seems like joaquin's phoenix is always serious yeah i've seen him in a couple talk shows uh he was on jimmy fallon he's like really guarded yeah it seems like he seems kind of cool yeah but in this in this podcast he was like hilarious joking around all the time and it was right in the middle of his press junket like going from interview to interview so chris hardwick went to his hotel room and just like interviewed him there and uh, he was super laid back, and he asked him, like, what kind of questions are is he getting? 
Like, what's the question that everyone's asking you about this movie and about your acting and whatnot? And he said, man, he's like, everybody keeps asking me about my diet. He's like, and losing weight. It's like, everybody's so worried about like how I lost weight for the movie and what did I eat and this and that. He's like, what does it matter? He's like, I'm not method or anything like that. He's like, they told me they wanted wanted me skinny. So I got skinny. He's like, so I went, got skinny. And then he's like, and everybody wants to know if like how insane I got for this role. Like I didn't. He's like, it's actually the most fun I've had on a movie set. Like I thought it was incredible. I could see that. There were times when it there it was fun. Yeah, in a weird way. I I like him dancing around. I, uh, me too. Big and, time. That was actually one of my favorite parts. And like I said, while this movie wasn't a big hit home run for me, and it didn't necessarily hit home, I do think that he was outstanding in it. Yeah, and I and do think he deserves an award for it. So as soon as he got that gun from the guy he works with, he goes home and he's like dancing at night. Huh. His mom's in bed, and he's dancing and he's trying to act. He's acting like he's at a party or yeah um, something like that. And he goes up to a girl. He's dancing around. He's like, and he's talking to himself because he has nobody else to talk to. And he's talking to a girl, acting really cool. And uh, he's like, he's like, yeah, I like you. He's like, but you know who I don't like? That guy. And he points with a gun, but then he shoots through the wall right. of his apartment because he doesn't know what he's doing with a gun. And he immediately drops it and then like cranks the TV up. And his mom starts yelling. And he's like, I'm watching a war movie. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. I loved that part because he is like dancing around with this gun because he's like in love with it all of a sudden because he finally has something that he knows he's not supposed to. Right. And then he goes to the children's hospital. He's very and it, childlike. He is. He's very simple. Um, and he drops the gun, literally a loaded gun out on the floor at a children's hospital, gets fired from his job. Yeah. I'm like, what an idiot. <laughs> like, how do you do that? No, I mean... uh I think maybe one of the issues, other than like I feel like they were trying to be way more artsy than they needed to be, was the Joker take. And I feel like part of my problem with that is I think maybe the Joker's better without an origin, you know, specifically. Because like now that I see that and I look at it and I go, okay, if this is the Joker origin, I'm like, I don't know that I wanted to know all that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I kind of like the idea that he's just some weird mysterious like almost super super natural being yeah you know what i mean he is in a way and so now that you see that and you see it grounded in humanity it kind of takes away from the character a little bit for me i mean you got to remember this is like the very beginning so you have no idea what the story where the story could go I mean, maybe he does get affected by, but in my world, like maybe he gets affected by some chemical and gets even weirder. Yeah. Or but something else happens. He is to him. A, a person. But he's very much a person. And which, you don't really ever feel like that in any other iteration. The killing joke. Yeah. Cause they do. And this is very, very, they, they took from that book big time. Sure. I the, mean, like the it, troubled comedian. As much as you could say it, like this movie was loosely based on that book sure and i thought so from the beginning because you know he's going to be a comedian they say he's trying to be a comedian and um the only difference is like isn't it in the killing joke where like his family gets killed while he's out doing stand-up yeah something like that i can't remember exactly but and he comes back and everybody's like dead or something and then he goes like 
crazy from that. Um, this isn't necessarily that story, but uh, he is a comedian, and stemming from his type of comedy is where he goes insane. Yeah, or, or like really jumps over the edge because they're making fun of him during his comedy. So he realizes the one guy I've idolized my entire life making fun of me. Right. Like, and then he feels empowered by the crowd. Right. And realizes I can, I can stop this. Yeah. They've been, which what a stroke of luck it invited onto that show. Huh? <laughs> if any of it's real. And that's <laughs> the one aspect of the movie that I really did connect with and really enjoyed. Yeah. Was that aspect of, um, you know, there's a part in that this movie where everything that you've been seeing going on, you find out was just complete delusion. It didn't actually happen. And which I think is a really neat take. And there's a real question whether any of it happens. And that to me is the most interesting part of the movie. And they probably should have spent a little more time with that. Maybe. Because yeah. it and that is actually kind of gives me hope um going forward that I will connect with this character more because you know, you could easily find out or not that none of it was real in the first place. You could have a whole nother origin of the Joker in the same series and then like do some crazy yes. movie stuff to make it like, oh my God, I don't even know what's true. Right. And they kind of set that up. They do because I don't know. I honestly don't know what's true between what his mom was talking about and what Thomas Wayne you was really talking don't. about. And that's a big question in this movie. They go, Okay, at the first, they make it seem like Thomas Wayne's terrible. Mm -hmm. And then later on, you come to find out, oh, Thomas Wayne's horrible and his mom was taken advantage of. And then later on, you find, oh, she's insane. And mm. maybe Thomas Wayne doesn't really have anything to do with it. And then after that, they leave you with the burning question of maybe he did fake the Death, birth, uh, the adoption certificate. Right. Maybe his mom wasn't insane. And then after that, she they make gets her goofy. seem even more insane. And then he kills her. Yes. <laughs> so like that he, is an interesting That's aspect. what I'm wondering. Like, did Thomas Wayne set it up to look, make it look like she's insane to get rid of her so she's taken away? I don't think so personally, but it seems I, like they're never going to answer that question. Right. And you'll they never know. But it seems to me like it makes sense and they kind of set it up. That you know the adoption papers were forged and everything. Yeah, but you know you just don't know, and that's a good part of this movie. And I'm actually starting to like it more as we talk about this aspect of the movie. Because one thing I will say is, while I didn't leave the theater awestruck, I was very confused when I left the theater. So right, I was very on what's confused true and what's not. Well, just whether I liked it or not. Okay, like I was confused. Like I don't, I don't know. I didn't know what to think or feel after I saw this movie. Right. And I was maybe happy. that's the good thing. So I was actually like happy after I saw it, but I was at the point of like, I've got to, honestly, I wanted to see it again. Yeah. I wanted to see it again. Uh, I like, don't know that I could sit through it again, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Not in a way that like I thought it was bad. It's just like, it's a lot, man. It is it heavy. Is. It's heavy. Um, it's work. It's almost like work getting through. You yeah. Know, not necessarily in a I bad like, way, but. I like that, though. I'm always I, I like the doom and gloom stuff. Yeah, somewhat. As long as it doesn't. You are the prowler. I mean, that's me. Yeah, I uh, do like this idea though that maybe, and I really think, kind of think it that none of it ever, ever happened, and he was in an insane asylum the entire time. Yeah, I never thought of that. Um, that he was in the insane asylum the whole time. I just thought of it as like 
he asked about being there. Because they never show him getting arrested or... No. you. He asks about being... They said he was there. They did. He was in an assailant asylum, which he doesn't really seem to have any memory of. He doesn't have any memory of it. And then he asks the guy at Arkham Asylum, basically, or hospital, whatever they call it. Um, he asks the guy, like, what's it take to get into one of these places? Yeah. And he tells him, you know, and he's like, huh, I wonder wonder if I'll ever come to this place. And then later on in the movie, after he murders everyone, they he is in a cop car getting arrested, but then... He, that gets slammed into and they break him out and you don't see him get arrested after that, but he's then later in the yeah. insane asylum. So, so it's possible maybe just the ending never happened and he did get arrested in that cop car. Right. And then he totally, the other stuff that happened after that happened in the insane asylum in his own mind. Maybe. And that's why he was all happy dancing around at the end. But I, I personally, honestly, I really, really do believe strongly that none of it ever happened, and none of it was even true, and that wasn't his mom, and there's nothing to do with Thomas Wayne, and there was nothing to do with anything, and he was in an insane asylum the entire time. That that lady was his psychiatrist. That seems really. He neat was watching that like talk that. show on TV every day in the insane asylum or whatever. Yeah, and he had the, the whole entire mental break that happened happened in his own mind silently. Yeah, that would be really neat. So that's that's. That's what I think, anyway. Yeah, I like it. So we're at an hour. We're at 57 minutes. We can end here with our review, or we can talk a little bit more about our favorite Joker takes, or we can do it in a separate episode. What do you think? I think we do a separate episode. All right. I think that is good for this one. Um, we gave you our Joker review. Yeah, and most importantly, we want to know what you guys think. Absolutely. So let us know how you thought of this movie, um, whether you enjoyed it as much as jerry or whether you were skeptical of it as much as i or if was. you want to shit on everything like chris i, I don't think i shit on it i don't think i shit <laughs> if on you it. want to be the mark bernardin of this episode <laughs> i'd like to get their takes on it though for yeah sure. absolutely you can comment on a youtube video you can comment on facebook you can comment directly on the podcast uh you can also check out patreon.com slash narf comics where you can sign up to be a patron of yes. us and help support the show um, anywhere from a dollar a month up to infinity a month. You could do infinity <laughs> or like 10. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have uh, different levels. $5 level, you get extra podcasts. Uh, $10, you get some t shirts and other goodies. And 25 and up, you get a monthly subscription box full of good stuff. So. Yes. Bundle O Snarf. And if you are currently a patron, uh, we are working diligently at putting together episodes. And, and we're not just like, Making them and then releasing them right away. We're trying to like we're compiling it's some it's significant content. It's so hang tight, coming at you. Yeah, um, check us out at uh, youtube.com slash snarf comics and uh, at snarf comics on all the social meds. Social meds, can I call it social meds? Is that a thing? Yeah, I think you can. Okay, I think it doesn't sound right. great. I think you're trying to be a little too artsy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, for snarf talk this week. I'm Jerry. I'm Chris. See ya. See ya.